It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's uh, another Wednesday here on the Tom Sumner Program, which means, of course, uh, to regular listeners already know this. But that means armchair politics is coming up in about an hour for two hours of commentary and analysis about uh, headlines from the worlds of politics and current events with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right. They'll be joined today by Convention of States uh, Legislative Liaison and author Wes Whitaker will be joining us. And and we're kind of coming back to the, the uh, present after uh, yesterday's show um, looking into the future quite a bit on yesterday's show, um, although we will be uh, bringing something from the past up this hour as we talk to Dovid Ifyun, who is the publisher of the New York Sun, which is making a comeback after oh, more than a century of publishing and then shut down, and now it's back, the New York Sun. And we'll talk to Dovid about, uh, about that, certainly. Um, what else was it that I wanted to mention? Oh, I, I, I just wanted to explain that I've been trying with this Wednesday morning slot. This is an encore with Dovid um, because I've been trying to get uh, GOP candidates for governor. And, uh, you know, I'm it, it's, it's hit and miss, and today was a miss. But uh, I will have uh, more of the GOP. I've got a couple already scheduled for the next two weeks, and uh, there's still a couple more I want to get before the August primary, but we'll get around to those. In the meantime, let's get around to Dovid Fune from the New York Sun. Stay tuned. Mind out 
in a car He didn't notice that the lights had changed A crowd of people stood aside They seen his face before Nobody was really sure if he was from the house of Notice I would lay, grab my coat, grab my hat, made the books and seconds flat. By my well says, and I had a smoke. Somebody spoke, and I went into a dream. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, 
We're going to shift gears and talk this hour about one of America's historic newspapers, the New York Sun, which recently relaunched as an online daily with national and international coverage and an aim to help restore public trust in the press. Um, And here to talk about that appropriately is the publisher and chairman of the historic New York Sun newspaper, Dovid Ifun. Dovid, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Um, I, you know, this is this is one of those things. I, I when I first read about this, I thought, oh, good, a daily paper is coming back. And of course, I was thinking in the print version that you fold up under your arm when you ride the subway or <laughs> jump in the car to go to work. Um, but this is uh, the the Sun has had a couple of relaunches over its long history, which goes all the way back to 1833. Um, but this time, it promises a digital first approach. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, this is the actually the third coming of the New York Sun. So. There is a long and exciting uh, history. Um, but I think the approach was quite easy for us. You know, the decision about about how to bring the sun back to the American public. I mean, look, the the, the, the iconic masthead of the New York Sun bears the immortal, the immortal slogan, it shines for all. And today, if you really want to shine for all, um, you want to be able to use platforms that can reach as many people as possible. So... Having it online was a no-brainer for us. We still haven't ruled out the possibility of doing something in print. We may have a, a weekend edition or something like that. But for now, we're we're fully focused on building our uh, web platform and being accessible to all Americans and beyond. You know, to put it in perspective for people who maybe don't remember the sun, although it had a, um, a, a short... Um, resurgence from 2002 to 2008 I believe um, what what are some of the the milestones of this paper it started in 1833 ran basically without a hitch until the 1950s I think it it ended in 1966 yeah. and came back again in 2002 but uh, along yeah. the way, there were some pretty high-profile staff members and accolades and accomplishments of the paper. What are some of the, the real highlights, the milestones of yeah. the sun? <laughs> you know, this is something, it's a fascinating subject, and I'm very glad that you asked. And uh, there's a lot that we can that we can talk about on this front. It's really not a stretch to say that the New York Sun is really the most consequential newspaper in the history of American journalism, in the sense that a lot of what we take for granted about how journalism is conducted today was quite literally invented by the New York Sun. So just to give you a sense, when the Sun was founded in 1833, um, not a lot of people read newspapers. They cost six cents apiece, um, but you couldn't just go and buy one on the street the only place you could get a single newspaper was down at the printer. So you know, not a lot of people were going to go travel there. You could get these annual subscriptions that they sold for about 10 bucks, 
But that was, you know, a couple of months' wages for your average working man. And the papers, you know, would publish, repub print political speeches. They'd publish stock prices, the comings and goings of New York's harbor. But really, they were read by wealthy and the elites. They were, the idea of a newspaper being something that everybody engaged in reading the news um, was completely foreign. And the idea of the Sun, which was founded as the first penny daily for a penny apiece, was that newspapers could be and should be in the hands of every person. And, you know, that could eventually have a tremendous positive impact on, on democracy, you know, an informed public can make better decisions. So when the Sun was launched for a penny a day by Benjamin Day in 1833, sold out on day one, he printed a thousand copies all by himself. And he had a little ad in the paper saying, you know, if anybody wants to help me distribute, you know, come by the printer. And the first person that showed up was a nine-year-old boy. And that was basically when paper boys were, were, were invented and that right was, there by the and, Sun. And that and was 1933 or 1833? 1833. Okay. 1833. Yeah, that, that, that was back in 1833. And from there, you know, the innovations continued. You know, since the paper was being read by, you know, common men and women, they needed the type of thing that common men and women would be interested in. So he sent one of his associates, a fellow called Weiser, down to the courthouse, and he wrote a report on all of the comings and goings of the courthouse. And that was when crime reporting uh, was invented. Um, and the paper went on to pioneer news syndication, human interest stories, the first personal ads, fashion coverage, even front page headlines. The idea of, of you know, using those to join readers were all pioneered by the Sun. Uh, the Associated Press was established by the Sun in its newsroom. Uh, it employed the first woman in American journalism. It, it became the most uh, read newspaper in the world. Uh, in 1897, it published Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus, which became the most republished editorial in the history of newspapers. Um, this, one of the Sun's founders um, dug the first subway in New York City, invented a machine that built subways, and it was dug under the Sun's offices on Lower Broadway. The Sun gave an office to Jose Marti, and flew the flag of free Cuba over Broadway as well. So there is a uh, tremendous history. Um, Rube Goldberg was a cartoonist for The Sun. Rudyard Kipling was a foreign correspondent for The Sun. Um, Joseph Pulitzer worked for The Sun before starting his, his own newspapers. Edgar Allan Poe wrote for The Sun. So there really is a tremendous history uh, in the Sun, and it's really the history of of the United States. The Sun backed um, Lincoln during the Civil War, fought for for the Union. It ran its first um, it, it ran its first um, editorial on the subject of uh, emancipation, um, abolitionist editorial about three or four decades before emancipation, back in 1833. So it really has been a, a pioneering newspaper all along the way. More about the recent relaunching of uh, America's historic newspaper, The New York Sun, with publisher and chairman Dovid Ifun. Straight Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about the recent relaunching of uh, America's historic newspaper, The New York Sun, with publisher and chairman Dovid Ifun. Straight ahead. And that history, of course, speaks a little bit to um, a legacy of credibility. But in this day and age, how how do you get past the the mistrust that people have, not just in media, but in science and government, and um, there's there's just this general sort of lack of trust of anything that that purports to be official. Yeah, and you know what you're saying is exactly right, and I would probably say that you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the purpose of the sun, you know, why it's unique and why we've brought it back, because we are living in exactly that kind of environment. I mean, trust in the press, which is supposed to be, you know, one of the most fundamental institutions upholding our democracy and securing and enforcing our democracy, has ebbed to historic lows. It's halved since polling started in the 1970s. Um, you have very, very large chunks of the American public who just don't trust the press, and as you say, don't trust a lot of institutions. You know, you have 54%, according to a recent Edelman study, that believe that journalists are deliberately trying to mislead them. And, you know, it's easy to sort of point and say, you know, this is about the politics, and obviously there is a lot of politics involved as well. But, you know, we really see the, the source of that being this sort of widespread abdication of basic journalistic principles. Um, the first being the responsibility that the press has, the journalists have, the newspapers have, to put the interests of the public first. Um, you can disagree. You can still trust somebody who you disagree with. You can trust somebody who votes differently than you do if you know that they're well-intentioned, if you know that they're honest and trustworthy, and they have, you know, your best interests at heart. And we know, you know, one of the fundamental pillars of journalism in newspapers is for them to serve as advocates for the public, to hold the power to account on behalf of the people. And the way that a lot of newspapers conduct themselves nowadays is that they see their role as, you know, holding the people to account on behalf of the power and advocating the interests of the powers that, that they favor as opposed to the interests of the public. So, you know, The Sun is a newspaper that shines for all. It's a newspaper that for nearly 200 years has placed principle over politics, party, and personality. It's got an eye to history. It's got fundamental ideals that are American ideals, that are constitutionalist ideals. Uh, and, you know, any reader over some period of time we'll see quite clearly that this is a paper that has values and uh, can, can be trusted to stick to them through good times and bad, as it has done over over its long and illustrious history. And its first and primary value is to shine for all and understand that its role is not to serve as an advocate for a particular party or political interest, but for the American public and the American people. How does the funding model work? for um, operating the, the sun? 
So the Sun is a digital subscriptions business. So it's really the same direction that a lot of newspapers are headed in, including, let's say, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. But it's really kind of like the Netflix model. I mean, we have a uh, unique and original offering in terms of content and uh, community, really. And, you know, we see, of course, a great value in building community around your content, especially for, for newspapers. You know, we want folks to look at the sun and say, that's my newspaper. You know, that's a newspaper that's got my back. That's a newspaper that speaks to the issues that are, that are really important to me and to my family and it will make a difference to the future of the country. And, of course, you know, in order for us to be able to keep delivering that and to deliver more of it and better, you know, we need to have, you know, the support of our readers and of the public. But it's not that different, as, you know, to how it worked when things are in print. You can pay a small amount on a monthly basis and uh, support the paper and, of course, have, have access um, to everything that the paper has to offer. So the subscriptions start at 12 bucks a month, or you can get a, a discount with an annual subscription, 120 bucks a year, and then they go up from there. We have a slightly higher tier where you can get the crossword and access to various podcasts, and then we have a founder tier, it's 2500 a year, and that includes access to... Uh, weekly conference calls with our editors and also monthly events and some very uh, historic and rare signed memorabilia um, that uh, founding members can get as well. Let's talk about content a little bit and where that comes from because news gathering has changed dramatically with the fall of, of local newspapers. The, I, I remember them when I was a kid, the, the paper of record. You know, every every city had at least one that was a, a daily paper, and that's where you went for um, if you heard a headline on the radio or saw a newscast on television and you wanted to know more about a story, there were these in-depth articles in the daily newspaper, and that's where you could find out, um, <laughs> as Paul Harvey used to call it, the rest of the story. Um but nowadays, um, some younger reporters don't don't have the contacts that reporters did um, some years ago. Um, but more importantly, there aren't these um, credible news outlets feeding the big national papers the way there used to be. Yeah, I mean that's. The, the, that's interesting, and certainly that dynamic between local and national newspapers is one that is uh, is challenged. Um, you know, in terms of our beat, we put a lot of focus on bringing the, the sharpest minds to the table. You know, we know that uh, the value of any newspaper is not measured in market cap or cash on hand. It's measured in the hearts and minds of its editors and its journalists. You know, there's an old story um, in um, a book called The Story of the Sun. It was written in uh, 1918 by a fellow called Frank Michael O'Brien. So it was the first biography of the Sun written 85 years after it was founded. And it describes the newsroom of the Sun in those days. Um, they had, you know, a big building. It was sort of a warehouse-like feel with a bunch of desks there. And he, he, he writes that the only adornments in that room were men and their genius. 
Um, it was just a bare, basic room. And, you know, we put a lot of focus on, on taking that approach to things. Before we, we launched The Sun, we interviewed probably about 300 people um, from whom we selected, you know, a handful of the very, very best and brightest. Um, but the kind of people that we have on staff, you know, obviously our editor, Seth Lipsky, is a, is a giant... I mean, there is there is a significant percentage of of um, the country's most prominent journalists that, and editors that trained under Lipsky at one time, either at the Wall Street Journal or the Forward or the Sun, which are the other newspapers that he that he ran before he relaunched the Sun. Um, Caroline Veek, our associate editor, spent time at the at the Pentagon and the National Security Council. John Seeley is our news editor. He used to run the Metro section at the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know, we have Ivy League graduates, Oxford graduates. Benny Avni spent, uh, has spent decades covering the United Nations. He's a chief foreign correspondent. He's the dean of the United Nations Press Corps. We have uh, Don Kirk down in, in, uh, in Asia, in East Asia, covering uh, Korea, North Korea. Um, you know, he's been at it for, for quite some time. So we have a, a healthy mix of bright new young talent and very established and uh, respected old hands. But, you know, really, if you look at the group that we brought together, um, these are not just, you know, a couple of folks out of school who can tap out 10 stories a day. You know, these are serious experts, thoughtful fellows, you know, people who uh, are, are, are very well qualified to package, expound, explain, deliver the news to our public in a way that's going to be helpful and thoughtful, valuable and worthwhile for the, for the reader, for our readers. Dovid, I get a little frustrated sometimes when I go to look up a story, uh, you know, something I've heard is, is going on and I want to read something about it, and I get to uh, a newspaper, sometimes pretty well-known newspapers, and the story ends up being a collection of photographs that are ultimately clickbait. You know, if you go through all of the photographs and read the yeah. captions, you've actually clicked on that site 18 times, and you know, instead of just looking it up once. How, yeah. how do you measure response to the, the content of the sun? Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of publications that are driven by clicks, you know, the, the publications that you're talking about, most of them are supported by advertising dollars. And, you know, you're successful with advertising revenue depending on the kind of clicks that you get. We're not supported by advertising dollars. And, you know, the most important metric for us is not the number of clicks that we, that we get. Of course, traffic and readership is valuable and important. But we're supported and funded by our public, as we discussed, that's the business model, is those subscriptions. So our focus is more on the quality over, over quantity, and the most important metrics for us are, you know, how many subscribers we have on our email list, and obviously how many um, paying subscribers we have that are signed up on a monthly or an annual basis um, to read the paper and participate in our community. So just to begin with, the model that we have you know, encourages a focus on quality over quantity. And, uh, you know, our interest is bringing in, is in bringing real value to the table 
and not uh, tricking people into uh, in, into into clicking on what uh, you know on a headline and seeing what we have to say, and then just as quickly disappearing and promising never to do that again. <laughs> um, what constitutes quality um, it, it, as it is um, practiced by the sun? I, I joked recently that I get my news from Facebook memes, but but um, but but I was kidding. But in this day and age of of Twitter and you know people getting their information from bumper stickers and tweets and Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, can you can you do a deep dive on a story online and and uh, and attract readers? Is there are there still people like us that want to read the whole story? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say so. Um, you know, in terms of what constitutes value, you know, there's the substance and there's the style. Quality in journalism in terms of the style, you know, is in how it's written. You know, you have writers who can present something in a way that's compelling. You know, the sun really also has a literary component to it. You know, it's a pleasure to read. You know, there's a real, especially in our editorial, a real appreciation for the language and the framing of the language. You know, we even have a, our poetry every day. Not that all our journalism is written in the language of poetry, but we do, you know, really have uh, an appreciation for it. Um, and then there's the the substance, and you know, really, when you talk about quality, it's in our ability to bring something new to the table and tell, teach the reader something, something new that they did not know before. And sometimes that comes in the form of a perspective, or historical, or other context, wider context that helps them understand an issue. And sometimes that's you know in the form of of, of breaking news and, and uh, bringing, bringing new information uh, to, to the fore. So, you know, our hope certainly in, in terms of what we're built for is to, to bring a lot of that value to the table um, and, uh, and for readers to see it and appreciate it, understand it and value it. Is there um, a difference between maybe what people think they want to read and what they need to know? Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I think, you know, the truth is that for, for, for a long time, you know, if you sort of chart the evolution of newspapers, um, it's gone from, you know, this place where you had a kind of reciprocal loyalty, you know, where your newspaper was kind of your sports team. You know, everybody had their newspaper. I'm a Times reader. I'm a Post reader. I'm a Sun reader. And, you know, they understood that the newspaper was sort of a window to the world, right? And then in recent years, with the rise of, of uh, digital news consumption, uh, we became very promiscuous in our consumption of news you know we're sort of just running all over the place and going through our feed and looking at this headline or that headline um but i think today our sense today is that a lot of people have come to realize the downside of that sort of promiscuity in news consumption where you know you end up with 
a very sort of shallow and uh, um, haphazard consumption habits that you know can be less valuable to people. And of course, you know, there's a lot of things competing for everybody's time, and we want to think about you know how to live productive lives and how to have um, bring value to our day. And what we're finding, I think, is increasingly that people are sort of turning back to the old model uh, where they're looking for a newspaper that is their newspaper, um, that speaks to them, that understands their worldview and their priorities, and they may not agree with everything that it has to say, but, you know, it challenges them and it teaches them things on a daily basis and say, look, I'm not going to just spend hours clicking all over the place and trying to figure out what's real and what's not. You know, I don't have the time for that anymore, the headspace for that anymore. I've got a family, I've got a job. But, you know, these guys are experts in the same way I trust, you know, my doctor or my lawyer or my accountant. Um, these are the journalists and the editors that I want to bring into my life and trust life and trust to, to present the world to me uh, in the most, uh, you know, compelling, valuable, thoughtful, uh, fashion and in a way that, you know, serves for my interests and, and the issues that are on my mind. So uh, in that sense, I think we're at the dawn of, of a new era. And obviously, you know, that's uh, a big part of the vision that the Sun brings to the table is uh, to present the world in that fashion. And our readers, uh, you know, really have that sense of loyalty. They look at it and say, look, this is my team. This is a paper that fights for me. And this is a paper that I'm subscribed to, paper that I read. It's a paper I'll read to my family. Um, and it's uh, a paper that's going to be part of my, my, my life going forward. When you, uh, Dovid, when you say that you're bringing back the, the old model, does that include sort of the, the inverted pyramid? And, and, of course, you know what I mean by that. But for listeners, the idea that a news story has the most important facts up front because for years newspaper writing changed a little from that into a more magazine more entertainment format where you know sometimes the leads were were clever ways to you know introduce a story and not necessarily as joe friday would say just the facts man yeah no absolutely i mean you know, our approach, we want readers who click on a story to feel like we exceeded their expectations every time and not to feel like, well, that was a disappointment and a waste of time, which unfortunately is you know, very common. If you're sort of surfing the web and clicking on random things, you're usually going to end up with, uh, with a second sentiment. Yeah, you get done and think, I don't know any more than I did when I started. <laughs> What's that? As it's, you know, sometimes it's an experience of surfing the web, and then you get all done and think, I don't really yeah. know anything more than when I started. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And, you know, our sense is that uh, certainly, you know, the, th the more thoughtful among us, um, want to be a bit more judicious about it and have begun to learn, you know, that there are a lot of actors out there who are just trying to manipulate them and take advantage of them by sort of roping them into something that they're not really interested in. Um, so, you know, these types of relationships 
where you know there's a lot more trust and there's a real a, a more of a back and forth dynamic an integrated dynamic between the publisher and the editor and the newspaper and its readers um is 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 uh, you know we think a dynamic that uh, it's starting to reemerge and and one that we intend to be very much at the forefront of when you're um selecting what things to follow up on to report on to gather information about and and publish about are you influenced by what the other news outlets are covering? Well, we try and keep an eye on, you know, a lot of what's going on out there. And, you know, it is important for us to be uh, aware of, of everything that's out there. But, you know, for the most part, you know, our interest in what the others are doing is more in the sense of, you know, it helps us understand how we can bring something new to the table. So, you know, if there's something that's already done, if there's an angle that's already been discussed, if there's a story that's already been broken, it's most likely that we'll look at that and say, um, you know, we don't know if we can bring anything new to the table. You know, our goal here is to bring stories and context and angles that you won't see anywhere else, that, that are new and that, that are unique and that, you know, even if you do read other newspapers, they need the sun needs to be a part of your day as well. My guest is uh, Dovid Ifun, uh, publisher and chairman of the historic New York Sun newspaper, one of uh, America's historic newspapers recently relaunched as an online daily with national and international coverage and an aim to help restore public trust in the press. Uh, Dovid, thank you so much for spending a little time with me and the listeners this morning. I always get guests. You've got to tell the listeners how to find us. I always ask right? listen, I always ask guests if they can let listeners know how they can find out more about what we've been talking about and and where exactly, Dovid, where the people can find you. No, absolutely. So we're we're easy to get to. It's just nysun.com, www.nysun.com. Um, you'll see some of the headlines, and hopefully everything we've been talking about here will come to life for you. Um, you'll have a little pop-up that invites you to put your email in there, and that's how you'll start to receive our uh, emails every morning and every evening and every weekend. We've got the morning sun and the, the morning and the, the evening sun and the evening and the weekend sun on the weekend. Um, just to keep you fresh and updated at all times. So it's nysun.com, www.nysun.com. And uh, once you're signed up via email, receiving the paper on a regular basis, um, then you know, you'll have the opportunity to subscribe as a member, of course. Um, if you're not happy with the news that's out there, be a part of building a better alternative, and, and that's what we're delivering with the New York Sun. Well, David, thanks again, and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be with you. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. The Tom Sumner Program.com. From the Tom Sumner Show.
Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flynn Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
This is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. It's 8 o'clock in Los Angeles. It's 9 o'clock in Denver. It's 10 o'clock in Chicago. In Baltimore, it's 642. <laughs> for the 11 o'clock report. First of all, the headlines. Welcome Wagon runs over newcomer. Good Humor Man slays 10. Pen Pal stabs pal with pen. Pediatrician dies of childhood disease. And Jacques Cousteau drowns in bathtub accident. We'll be back with full details in just a moment after this word from Cooley's Cigarettes. know something, Bill? These cigarettes of mine, they taste like crap. <laughs> Say, Dan. <laughs> Crappy taste. Why don't you try the cool, refreshing taste of Coolies? Coolies, eh? You smoke them? Nope, found them in the subway toilet. <laughs> and now back to the news. History's 135th heart transplant operation was performed yesterday in New York City. One unusual note, the heart transplant took place in Central Park at midnight, and the donor's family was not consulted. Dr. Timothy Leary's brother, really Leary, today announced the formation of a new religion which teaches that when you die, your soul goes to a garage in Buffalo. <laughs> Police today arrested Margaret Fulcrum, a 45-year-old unregistered nurse, and charged her with accepting collect obscene telephone calls. Famed television announcer Charlie the Tuna was found dead today of mercury poisoning. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Good news from the Far East. No one was killed in Vietnam today. However, three people died of old age at the Paris Peace Talks. <laughs> and former French President Charles de Gaulle rose from the dead today just to show everyone he could really do it. Well, that's it from the news desk for the latest in sports. Here's Biff Barf. Good evening, sport fans. Biff Barf here in the Biff Barf Sportlight Spotlight, picking them up and barfing them right back at you. I call them the way I see them, and if I don't see them, I make them up. No games today. However, we do have a few late football scores still coming in from the far west. Guam Prep, 45. Marshall Islands, 14. Mindanao A&M, 27. Molokai, 10. Caltech, 14.5. MIT, 3 to the 4th power. <laughs> William and Mary, 6. Nick and Tony, 105. And here's a partial score. Stanford, 29. Well, that's it, kids. 
That's it from the scoreboard in the world of golf today in the Fats Domino Desert Classic. First round leader, Willie Waterhazard, had a birdie, two eagles, and a duck this afternoon. <laughs> Meanwhile, the favorite, Gary Fairway, was way behind, scoring a record 609 strokes on the front nine when he accidentally stepped aboard a bus to Minneapolis while playing a difficult lie from the highway. Well, that's it, sport fans. Join me tomorrow afternoon on the ever-widening world of sports when I'll be presenting the national two-man pall-bearing championships. And next week, I'll be a guest hunter on American Sportsman. Six of us are going to kill a rabbit. <laughs> now, with the latest in weather, here's Al Sleet, your hippy-dippy weatherman. Hey! Hey! Hey, possum! Hey, what you call your possum? Al Sleet, hey, hippy-dippy weatherman, brought to you by Parsons Pest Control. Do you have termites, water bugs, and roaches? <laughs> Parsons will get rid of the termites and water bugs and help you smoke the roaches. <laughs> Present temperature is 68 degrees at the airport, which is stupid, because I don't know anyone who lives at the airport. <laughs> Downtown, it's much hotter. Downtown's on fire, man. Now, if you'll take a look at our national weather map, you'll see that we don't have one. So try to picture last night's map in your mind. Remember all those lines and numbers. Weather was dominated by a large Canadian low which is not to be confused with a Mexican high. <laughs> Tonight's forecast, dark. <laughs> Continued mostly dark tonight. Turning to widely scattered light in the morning. <laughs> That's it from Al Sleet. Don't forget, if you don't like the weather, move. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Always a great report from Al Sleet. I think we all know by now, Al's been into the mushrooms. <laughs> well, that just about wraps it up on the 7 o'clock report. Join us again tomorrow night at 9 for the 11 o'clock news. In the meantime, stay tuned for a brand new comedy series, Double Trouble, the story of Siamese twins joined at the lips. And the merry mix-ups that occur when one gets married and the other has root canal work the same day. Good night, all. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
Come on, get out of here.